What's up, guys? Welcome into today's show. We are doing dueling mock drafts on Tuesday, and I'm pretty excited about the show that we have for you. I think we have some great um, um, perspectives, which is what I like to do with these shows. I also did not notice how annoying the banjo intro is. We're going to probably have to start toning that back a little bit. That banjo intro gets a little crazy. Uh, so sorry. Sorry about that. If you hang out with like that thing on full blast, usually I walk away and do something else during that time. So I've never noticed it. But anyway, we have a fun show. We have uh, our usual three mock setup, but with a little twist today. So we are going to do a um, show that has two Cleveland mocks. And then we are going to make our way around the AFC North and bring in one guest mock uh, a representative from another team. Um, and I think that that is a really fun way to do it where you can get the perspective of where some other teams are in the division, what they're going to look to draft, what their needs are, what they've done in the offseason. So two Browns draft, one Pittsburgh draft. We have a fantastic couple guests. First of all, Corey Kennan, you know, Corey, he is our resident draft guru now here at the OBR. He's doing a great job as he just started with us. Pumped to have Corey in because we're going to get uh, Corey's perspective on this draft too. Welcome in, my friend. Absolutely. Happy to be here, as always. Yeah, of course. And then we're going to bring in our um, Pittsburgh representative. Uh, Nick writes for Pittsburgh Sports Now, does a great job on both the Steelers and uh, Pitt Sports as well. And then, listen, the comment section. We've got to welcome in an outsider here to the comment section nicely. Nick does a great job. He's one of the best guys covering Pittsburgh sports. And uh, anytime we can get him on here to chat, we try to do so I'm on my podcast a couple of times. So Nick's going to give us the breakdown of what Pittsburgh has done this offseason. A couple of guys like we are that we uh, he would like to take in free agent uh, the last remaining weeks of free agency before the draft. And then we'll have him draft for Pittsburgh, which could be pretty fascinating because we know the Cleveland first round is going to be pretty bored. So, um, yeah, let's let's start off with on our end, Corey. Let's say each of us get a couple free agents. Okay, um, what do you think? Who do you who do you want to take, Corey? I'll let you pick the first one. Yeah, so for me, it's it's still very glaring the interior of the defensive line. Um, so I like kind of what they've decided to do, the path they've taken in the past of you know signing a veteran stopgap. It didn't work mm-hmm. out with Mike Jackson. I like the idea of that. Um, so a guy like Akeem Nick or um, Akeem Hicks, I'm sorry. Um, or, or Clayus Campbell, one of those two veteran dudes on a one-year deal, uh, come in, bolster up that defensive front while they try to build up some young guys, uh, is definitely a move I'm, I'm, I'm pretty interested in. So Akeem Hicks or, or Clayus Campbell, one of those two guys. Okay. So we're going to take Hicks because we've heard some relative rumblings that they might be connected to him. So we will see Cleveland do that. I will otherwise take, it's pretty much wide receiver or edge for Cleveland I'm going to go with Clowney figures out a way in the next month to find his way back to Cleveland one more time. Um, So those will be the two that we go with uh, in those positions. So it doesn't hinder them picking future players, but uh, I think those two positions feel like things that they are definitely going to address while wide receiver still, but you know, we still think there's as Corey's article was up at the OBR today, still think there's some good wide receiver options at 44. Nick, Walk us through some of the key things Pittsburgh has done this offseason, free agency-wise, trade-wise, whatever we might have missed. And then give us a couple guys you'd like to add as well. Yeah, well, they've really been active on the free agency market, of course. And getting guys like James Daniels out of the interior, is it's going to make the interior a little bit better than what it was last year. Mason Cole is going to be quality depth for them, hopefully. And then you re-sign Shooks core four, so you're starting to tackle as their back as well. I think they've bolstered the defensive side of the ball at least decently well, bringing in Miles Jack on a pretty low-risk, high-reward deal. It's essentially a one-year contract for him, and if he hits really well, obviously you have a really good inside linebacker there. You bring back the entire defensive line. It sounds like Stephon Tewitt's going to be back. Uh, you sign Levi Wallace and then also bring back Akella Witherspoon, and Witherspoon was phenomenal at the end of the year. So your corner room is three deep now as Cam Sutton's still there as well. Probably could add a little bit there to that corner room still, but that might be more of a draft thing than – anything so overall this has been a team that's added a lot uh they had Gunnar Olszewski as well a new kick returner that they have and obviously the big one was Mitch Trubisky coming in to be their quarterback so there are still a few holes on this roster I do not want Baker uh no I do not I'm cool with Baker Mayfield and a rookie or what it may ever be um but the cool thing about the Steelers roster is they still need a safety. They don't have a starting strong safety. Terrell Edmonds is in free agency. So he's always an no connection on him coming back at all. Has there been anything? We don't know what's going on with the Steelers strong safety spot, but there's been a lot of leaks and rumors and wind swirling around their interest in, Ty- in Tyron Matthew. Um, and it okay. seems like that they 
are looking at potentially putting Minka with the Honey Badger, and that's potentially what could go. Um, so, yeah. you know, having the Honey Badger in, I think, would be one of the ideal moves, I think, right now to fill that starting strong safety spot alongside Minka Fitzpatrick. And then I think they need another receiver um, because, again, they lost Juju Smith-Schuster, they lost James Washington, and they lost Ray-Ray McLeod. Olszewski will replace McLeod, but they have no one to replace Juju Smith-Schuster right now. So the question is, can you bring in a vet option, a vet slot receiver, someone that can at least show the ropes to maybe some of the young guys? Been a little bit of smoke with Jarvis Landry, potentially coming to Pittsburgh, mm. um, which could be interesting as a slot option. One-year deal maybe there. There's Are you a interested? Few other guys out there, like a Cole Beasley, um, someone like that that they could bring in that could get quality reps at receiver. Um, they need a vet receiver, though, here to at least make sure that the wide receiver spot's short up. So maybe a combination of – Landry and Matthew would be would be a fine two to at least fill in here as on a rebuilding team as they're trying to build this roster up a little bit. All right, so we went with Landry. I uh, know that hits close to home here, and then uh, yeah, like Tyron Matthew, that'd be interesting. That'd be a very 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 good uh, situation there at safety for Pittsburgh. So okay, cool. So that's what you know your needs to be. We'll kind of go through these uh simultaneously i'll do pro football focus and then Corey and nick are both going to give us results from the draft network which i think has been pretty good lately so yeah let's do it i'll start out first we'll throw mine up here since this is makes our whole pre uh organization situation so much easier now that we have uh less things to prepare for in the immediate so we got to go a bunch of picks to get to where cleveland is i guess i could stop here and look at guys that PFF doesn't let you see the player pool. That's the only thing I can't stand. They don't let you see the player pool. I'll just run it. We'll just run it to 44, and then we'll see who's there for me. Um, okay, so Jalen Petrie's a nice player. I'm not sure the fit in terms of age and where Cleveland wants to fit the age gap because I think he turns 23 almost right after the draft. It'd be a first for them to go that age, but he's a good football player. I still am drawn to Travis Jones at this spot, even with bringing in Akeem Hicks because we want some younger talent at that position. Logan Hall, obviously another guy I'm connected to, liking a lot. Cameron Thomas is a fine player. The wide receiver spot gets very thin, very quick. We talked about this, Corey, in your write-up today, man. Like Sky Moore goes pick 41. Jahan Dotson goes pick 35. And it feels like most people are settled that those are the six and seven in this class outside of the top five we all talk about. Then you start to hit like Justin Ross. The, the pro football focus guys are lower on Christian Watson uh, than, than some of the other simulators. Then you get into Alec Pierce range, John Mechie, Khalil Shakir. It's kind of tight group right there. Um, I will probably in this scenario, looking at a position down the line, continuing to draft out for the future. I'm going to take Travis Jones, talk about him today a little bit. Um, you know, I see, I don't know if they have anything good with his write-up. Still a young guy. Uh, they kind of peg him as more of a third round talent. Um, pocket pushing ability i think he's a little better than that i think he's got some more pass rush skill than he's given credit for but can play the run on the way to it as well so i think jones is a really good spot here pick 44 so yeah and then kevo you're asking about jalen tolbert yes he is outside the guardrail uh the other guys i would consider here is kingsley uh would consider him based on cleveland's need like i said logan hall is a consideration uh, but that's really about it. it's a weird spot at pick 44 so i'm interested to see what yours yields Corey, and then uh let me take my draft down. Corey will throw yours up, and then Nick, you can have it simmed up, ready to go to your pick next after Corey picks. Let's get it moving here. You guys in the first round, I don't know what that's like. Yeah, for real. We'll we'll Forty-four. Nick might actually be to his pick before it simulates all the way to yours. Let's see what Nick's thirteen here. Let me ask you this, Nick, because we're going to have yours. If you scroll down just a little bit, so everybody can see a little bit more of where yep. everything kind of sits. We haven't flirted around with that. Have you thought of okay? Let, let's throw this sizzler at you. Malik Willis gets to about pick 10. Do you think Pittsburgh gets hungry and says we're going up after him? Yes. What's the threshold? What's yes. the threshold? How high do you think um, they're willing to go? I think they're willing to jump in front of Atlanta. That's okay. Uh, scroll, scroll down a little bit there for us so, if you can so we can see where they're at. So Malik Willis here went to nine to Seattle. Um, okay. And so if this, if the board falls like this, the trade with the Giants at seven makes a lot of sense to me. The hop over Atlanta, who's now after the Matt Ryan train has been connected to Malik Willis mm-hmm. and maybe trade up here. Um, I think also 
potentially trading if Atlanta's not interested in Willis, maybe jumping the Seahawks is a definite possibility. Uh, the, the the love for Malik Willis for, from Pittsburgh's perspective is a uh, very badly hidden. They clearly are very enamored with him, and they've set themselves up well to where they filled every hole to not panic at a specific spot to where they can maybe leverage some draft capital and trade up to get the guy they want. Maybe that's Malik Willis. Let me ask you guys this, and Corey, you can answer too. Uh, is like today's pro day. Everybody's enamored. There's rumblings about Detroit at two. Do you guys mm-hmm. take those rumblings serious? I think I do. Uh, he fits the kind of like attitude that a guy like Dan Campbell would probably want. Um, the the thing that like confuses me is like you you got to pay golf a lot of money like one way or the other. Um, I don't love Malik Willis as much as everybody. I get the need for quarterback, like the ever need, for, like the ever growing need for a quarterback. But like, I just I don't get it, especially that high. Uh, I I think it could happen for sure. Um, I personally would not do that. Nick hit I, us with the counter side of that. Are you all in on him? What do you love? Well, I think Malik Willis. Uh, again, I don't love him in a normal draft. I, I probably wouldn't be trading up for him or anything like that, but. If you're the Steelers in this situation where you have almost set yourself up to do this, it might make sense. Because I think if there's one quarterback in this class that's going to be a franchise quarterback, it probably is Malik Willis. And I don't know if there's going to be a franchise quarterback from this class. There might be starters, but they might very well be below that franchise quarterback tier. The upside with Malik Willis is obvious. The the athleticism, the dynamite arm, you know, he's a quick learner. All these his intangible qualities are, are good as well. So you like that about Malik Willis. And maybe that gives you a little bit more hope that he's one of these guys that you can work with and you can really turn into what he actually is. But he is very raw. And I, and I think he, he scares me with his eyes a lot. He misses a lot of reads over the middle of the field. You know, a, that's the real raw part about Malik Willis. So you're probably mm-hmm. not going to get a guy coming in year one that's going to play at all. So you're going to have to be willing to probably sit him, see how he develops, and you got to trust your process. Are the Steelers the right situation for him to go to? I don't know. I mean, I think there are worse situations he can go to for sure. I, I don't think Detroit's necessarily a great spot for him. But I, I do take those rumors to Detroit very seriously. I, I've heard things going all the way back to the senior bowl today like Malik Willis. So would not be surprising to me if, if that was the shocker of the draft and they pulled the trigger there. I think it's very, very much – all over the board the the Detroit rumblings didn't feel real uh, not too long ago but now it's just kind of like it seems like they're getting pretty serious so I do like your angle all the way up at pick seven that is a spot they could go and you ask yourself well Pittsburgh doesn't make those big trade but they did for Devin Bush right they I mean they've gone after people they really really like they go up to 10 to get Bush or where, where am I wrong on that yeah they went yeah. up to 10 and then they've also don't forget this back in the day they went up under Kevin Colbert they went up to get Troy Palomalu so mm. they've done it before okay so it's definitely in the realm of possibility in this scenario they do not have that player there they did not make the trade so who's uh who's the guy you're looking at here at pick 20 well I think this is interesting because you can go best player available here if you are Pittsburgh and Jordan Davis being on the board is very interesting because Pittsburgh is getting old on the offensive on the defensive line, both with Tyson Alulu is getting older. So is Cameron Hayward. Stephon Tuitt's going to be back, but how much longer does he play? Devonta Wyatt's also very interesting, and Pitt loves their Georgia guys. Also, there's the Pittsburgh hometown kid, right? There's Kenny Pickett. He is there for the taking. Pitt. You know, it, it, people will talk about you covered them. You're the closest happens. guy to the scenario. Do you like him yes. enough there? You know, I, I'm, I'm very tempted with Kenny Pickett to say, and this is how I've always viewed him with watching him personally. I think he has a pretty good floor. I think he has a high floor, but I don't see the upside with him. And I don't think I'd take him at 20. And that's the thing. Solid player. Great intangibles. Obviously he'll lay a line on for his team. I love that part of his game. But I think he's only got an average arm, and I don't think he's necessarily grown enough in all the other areas to compensate for a lot of the physical deficiencies. Meanwhile, if you're talking about Colbert taking a swing, I would bet he does. Um, I think that this is one of the things he's setting himself up for. There's been a lot of swirlings that he doesn't want to leave Pittsburgh without the franchise quarterback in place or who they think is. So we'll see. But I imagine that Pittsburgh's going to hire internally anyway, so it's just going to be enough of the same guy. But I do think he's going to take a swing. Ozzie Newsome-esque, right? Mm-hmm. So 
I, I would imagine that they might take a swing here, even if it might be a little smarter depending on how the board falls. I'll, I'll say this: I don't think Pickett's going to be here. I think that in the, I think he's going to be long gone. I think he'll be going before twenty, and so I don't think the Steelers are going to have an opportunity to draft him. Now, though, that I'm sitting here, this is very interesting because now essentially I get to take best quarterback available, right? And so. There's plenty of guys here that are interesting. Again, Jordan Davis is interesting. Devonta White is interesting. I really like Zion Johnson. Uh, I like some of these guys I see. There's Kenyon Green right there. If I still want a quarterback and I don't want to go pick it, I could go Ritter, who's okay. There's Devin Lloyd. There's Chris Olave or Jahan Dotson. There's Kair Elam of corner. I mean, Daxton Hill. I mean, they, you know, another guy locally, Penn State, Jaquan Brisker, grew up in Pittsburgh. There's a ton of players I could go here. But I've always looked at this team and said what they need to do first, regardless of what happens. And I think they need to rebuild the offensive line. And so I think I'm going to take an offensive lineman here. I'm going to take Zion Johnson at 20. I don't think this is too early for him at all. And so when I look at what Zion Johnson brings, he brings versatility. He's been steady the whole process. He was great in mobile. His tape is rock solid. And Pittsburgh needs more interior line help. People maybe say not so. Kevin Dotson was not good last year. Kendrick Green was not good. James Daniels is the only cornerstone you have. I think Zion Johnson, regardless of where you play James Daniels, whether that's center or guard, I think you can put him at center and be okay with that. And then you can slot Johnson in at right guard or left guard. And then if you really want to, and Kendrick Green improves, he can be the center and Dotson can go be the swing guy. So I, I like this to really build up what Pittsburgh is doing here, potentially on the offensive mm-hmm. line. So I'll take Zion Johnson. Who did uh, who did Houston take for you and yours? In mine, they took David Ajabo at 13, but uh, obviously he would be falling down. That has not been updated. Okay, Andrew they took Booth. Booth. Okay. All righty. So, yeah, go ahead and snag your guy, and then we'll jump over to Corey's draft. And then um, there was one other thing. I wanted to thank somebody. Uh, Cleveland Rocks. 4147 subscribing eight months in a row really really appreciate that shout out to you man big time um okay let's add Corey's in and then we'll come we'll go to mine next and then we'll jump back over to nick after that cool well java went 13 on mine as well so nick i would hate it if pittsburgh took like a jordan davis or wyatt i just the the, oh, yeah. the the cam hayward nightmares we've been having for years just would hate it but yeah good call with the guard too you can go either way all right what do we got at 44 yeah, for me, Dotson's off the board at 29. I would consider Daxton Hill uh, if he somehow finds his way to 44. I, it's not likely. Just seeing what the Browns did with Troy Hill this past year, you know, running nickel over 70% of the time, and, and the ways that, that Troy Hill was involved in working downhill in the run game, uh, I, I think you draft Daxton Hill and you can stick him in the nickel, and if he's on the field 70% of the time, like you, you're not worried about, like, is that too high for a nickel? if he's on the field that much and he's, and he's that big of a contributor. Um, Lewis seems another guy I would consider. Uh, I think he's tremendous. Um, not really anybody else. Mafe's way over the, the guardrail or Raymond's way over the guardrail. Watson's pushing the guardrail. Um, I don't love this board. I really don't. Um, 44 is it, such a weird spot. Yeah. I'm going to get these quarterbacks and running backs. DeMarvin Leal's 2021 tape was not good. And then he didn't test. Like I thought he was going to test off the, the freaking charts uh, and he didn't he didn't blow me away by any means um tyler smith is shooting up boards have you had a real chance to watch him tyler yeah Nick, dude he's Nick nasty because because it seems like i've did he get some round one buzz today from kuiper or somebody or am i wrong about that he's he's been getting round one buzz for a while even down in uh indianapolis when i was there there was talks from scouts there that he could reach up there uh top 40 ish He's nasty, and he's got really good tools to, to maybe turn into really something special here in the NFL. I really like Tyler Smith. Gotcha. That's two tough Tulsa linemen. Um, all right, who are you going with, Corey? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I would go Travis Jones here above anybody else. I think Travis Jones is tremendous. Um, yeah. I'm not going to do it for parity because Jake did that, uh, but I am going to take a wide receiver. Uh, instead, I'll go Sky Moore. Um, again, Jake, Jake, you and I talked about how – uh, we think the Browns need maybe a, a Z to slot versatile receiver more than just a pure X. Um, that Z to slot would allow them to to keep that guy on the field in 11 and 12 personnel. Um, mm-hmm. So that's why I tend to go with a guy like Sky Moore over a guy like George Pickens. George Pickens, you're going to lock into the X. Um, it would allow Amari Cooper to move around a little bit. But um, again, you have Donovan Peoples-Jones, who, who's more than enough. 
uh, at your X right now. So uh, get that get that Zia slot guy and, and Sky Moore, who's dynamic and explosive and personally a guy I just love. So Yeah, man, listen, these Mac receivers, as Pittsburgh knows, <laughs> these guys should not be slept on, man. They they really shouldn't. And I, I like I like Pickens a lot. You know, I think he's got a, a nice skill set, but I feel like what Cleveland has has in Donovan Peoples Jones is is a player that's similar. And um, I'm trying to find, like Corey said, man, a guy who can be inside outside versatile and stay on the field in different personnel groupings. So, um, yeah, I think fumble 13, good question here. They definitely could. I had a trade offer in one of the mocks I did this, uh, just yesterday. I put it up on the, on the Browns, uh, or sorry, on our OBR channel today for our Browns daily mock that, yeah, they're, they're offering next year. I had, a, I had somebody try to come all the way up for next year's. They, they were coming for pick 44 from like pick 80. And they were offering a one next year. And I'm like, I'll take it. Fine. I don't really care that much about this year with where they're going on things. So, yeah, I'll take it first in next year's draft to try to recoup a little bit. So a trade is definitely on the board if they don't like what they see at 44. Uh, To my situation now, as I can uh, hide that, is uh, okay. So this says we need wide receiver D-line. I still agree with that. We took in the first round of my draft, if you don't recall, sorry, not the first round, pick 44. I took Travis Jones right here. So I'm looking at spots of need. Wide receiver come to mind, obviously, like we've said. Dylan Parham's a fun player. They might draft an interior O-lineman at some point. They've invested so much, and they really like Nick Harris at center. I'm just not sold. They're going to go aggressive at that. Uh, But I do think wide receiver is an interesting spot right here. And again, just like the guy we like in Sky Moore, I think Mechie can be a really good fit right here. So, you know, Mechie's going to need times coming back from the ACL. But the guy that we like to be a diverse inside-out player can do some things from different alignments, nice release package. Uh, I, I really do think he's going to be a nice, nice NFL player. Probably not a leadership wide receiver room guy but can still do a bunch of different things. He's been overshadowed at Alabama forever. I mean, he's played with so many good wide receivers. I'm going to take John Mechie at pick 78. So I've gone Travis Jones, John Mechie, and then I will jump now back over to Nick as Nick took Zion Johnson, the guard, uh, at pick 20. Now they're up again at pick 52. I'm going to be real. You know, with some options here like Tyler Smith and Sean Ryan, I'm I'm tempted because I think both these guys could potentially stick a tackle at the next level to double down on the offensive line and fix this thing uh, as much as possible. But I I think that Pittsburgh has needs that are going to be very much overbearing here. And here's, I'll say this, you guys drafted Travis Jones as well. He's here for me to potentially draft as well. And I I would like that fit uh, for Pittsburgh. I think he's one of the guys that they could potentially get. Linebackers interesting here. Guys like Chad Muma and Damone Clark on the board. Uh, Roger McCreary, if I wanted to go cornerback. Wide receiver, kind of, you know, uh, Pittsburgh needs a wide receiver, but this is kind of a bare board. You know, you have David Bell. It didn't really test that well. Mechie's interesting, although it feels a little early for him. And so just going down, you know, I know he's 74 here, but honestly, I would take Leo Chanel here. I think he's good enough to potentially go here. But I'm looking at this right now. And – as I as I continue to look more and more, and you know Sam Howell's here, which is really interesting. If Pittsburgh doesn't take a quarterback in the first round, do they want to take a swing at Sam Howell uh, if he gets there at a fifty-two? That's an interesting proposition as well. If Pittsburgh thinks Sam Howell could potentially be that guy, mm. um, but I'll go for predictive purposes here. I don't I don't think they take a, a swing at Sam Howell in round two. Uh, I, I I'm gonna go in a different direction here. I, I think that they're going to, if they don't get a quarterback, I think that they're going to try and really attack the trenches. And so I'm going to go with Travis Jones here because I, I think that Pittsburgh getting Zion Johnson, then Travis Jones on the other side, you have now two really good young pieces on the offensive line and the defensive line. And again, you have issues there with aging on the defensive line. So getting a guy like Travis Jones, I think really could reinvigorate this line and start to get the next generation ready for this team as they move past the Cam Hayward, the Tyson Aloualo era, that Stefan Tuit era. So I'll take Travis Jones here. We had a ton of subs happen. I'm not sure if those subs came through from a gift. I did not find it. Uh, if they did, appreciate that very much. Uh, we had a slew of people subscribe here. Um, Luddy711. We had um, J Dog CA. 
trying to give everybody some love. Fry Singer, thank you. And again, if these came from Matt J. Darcy, uh, I appreciate that, man, because we had a, b- a bunch of these. If I'm not calling out the right person, apologies for that. But uh, Matt also subscribed for eight months as well. So huge shout out to you guys. Thank you so much. Um, listen, Nick, if we let Travis Jones get to you guys at 52, I'm driving to Berea upset. That can't happen because he would be really good for Pittsburgh. Don't want that to happen. That's a good pick. All right, Corey, over to you. Cool. All right. So the way my board fell, uh, again, I took Sky Moore first. Uh, I might consider a guy like Dylan Parham this early if he's on the board. Uh, he's off the board. He's a, he's a guard. He can play guard center, versatility mm-hmm. especially uh, after, after the treader move. Um, Kirby Joseph is a good safety. But, I mean, John Metcher took wide receiver, though. So I'm not, like, enthralled with the guys who came off the board. That's late for Tyler Smith and Logan Hall. Um, I would have loved Logan Hall there if and Travis Jones came off. They both came off the board kind of close there. But um, looking at – I mean, I still need interior defensive line and edge badly. So the interior defensive line, these dudes are all – and like I'm not enthralled with any of these names, uh, so I'm not I'm not taking any of these edges, at least not right now. I might take you know take a look at Thomas Booker late, something like that. Um, edge I could take a look at. Uh, I like both Jackson and Benito. We're gonna have to wait till his pro day for Jackson's testing numbers. Again, his his 2021 tape was not not great. He got washed off the ball a lot, uh, but he, he's bendy as he's bendy as it gets. Super athletic, uh, and, and USC made him cut weight this past year to play kind of outside of his scope. Um, of where he was successful the year before. So if he puts that weight back on, I, the athlete's there, and I think uh, he's definitely well within range here at 78. Uh, I really like Benito as well. Benito's super explosive, uh, tested in the 85th percentile-ish in, in both of his jumps, you know, 98th percentile in the 40-yard dash, just really explosive splits as well, 158 or 153-10 yard split, which is staggering. Um, so Benito and Jackson are two guys here at edge that I that I would prefer. Um I'm honestly even really tempted to uh, to take a look right here at Leo Chanel, um, who's a linebacker. I know they just signed, re-signed Anthony Walker to a one-year deal. I know they still have Jacob Phillips. Jacob Phillips' health has never been counted upon. Um, Leo Chanel is the most destructive linebacker I've watched in this class. I think he's, he's the best linebacker in this class. Um, he's on the board at 74 here. Apparently, I, Obviously, I'm a lot higher on him than, than anybody else, but um, he's a guy I would consider, but I, I still don't love going linebacker that early. Trey McBride, another guy I might consider, um, just in the need for another tight end. But I do think I'm going to go with one of these edges here, Drake Jackson or, or Nick Benito. Um, I'm going to go Jackson. He's the younger guy. He's a little, he's a little more bendy. Um, again, I'm going to take, I'm going to take the shot that, you know, he was just playing out of position in 2021. Let's, let's hope that with that, um, you know, again, if we're bringing Clowney back in this situation, so he's the first guy off the bench, you know, him and Winovich are the, are the guys off the bench. So I think that's a good role for him as a rookie as well. Um, we're we're going to go with, with Drake Jackson right there. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So I am up now, and we are on pick 99 for this draft for us. Reminder, the Browns lost pick 107 in the uh, last-minute decision that apparently – Houston got greedy or something and asked for more. I don't know what happened there. We don't have an official answer yet, but that trade uh, snuck in a fourth round pick. We weren't expecting about this pick. My J Sanders becomes realistic to me. Not any earlier. Uh, Sam Williams, some stuff off the field there happened. Uh, you know, I mean, what am I to say at this point? You know, whatever. Uh, some tight ends. Corey talked to me about how poorly likely tested. Didn't love that. Mm-hmm. Donovan West is fun. 
competing to play center. Where are you guys at on West? Have you watched much of his tape? He's a good outside zone center. Um, yeah. So, I mean, he's, he's pretty scheme scheme oriented to, to the Browns. Um, he, he wasn't as athletic as I thought he was going to be, but it doesn't matter because it doesn't show up on tape. You know, he can get that, he can get that outside hand. Um, you know, he can, he can seal backside pretty easily. So I like, yeah. I like West a lot. Yeah. And for Pittsburgh centrics perspective, you know, a lot of their moves signaling this year, they might be moving to more wide zone, getting that a little more heavily involved. I think West's circle is maybe a mid round option for them. Mm-hmm. All right. I am going to go ahead and take an edge that I feel comfortable with this, but I'm going to take Sanders. I think that they can, they can bring him along slowly. I know he needs to some body stuff. I'd like to see him change a little bit, but I think that the value at pick about 100 here at pick 99 is uh, is a fine spot to put on uh, a player here that, that, uh, you know, he's not as dominant as you would have hoped in some games during his during his season past this past year but in certain others he was Alabama especially he was pretty solid so I'm going to take a young edge there that I feel like I can develop I'm going to go over to you Nick yeah so you were up this at is 84 yeah so this is interesting uh, Carson Strong still on the board at 84 got it a bit interesting of a skill set I think he's got a really good arm looked really good in mobile from that perspective dude can really push the ball down the field but not the mobility, you know, that Tomlin wants doesn't necessarily line up with strong. And then there's also the knee, which is also an issue. So 84 is good value for him. But again, and this is kind of my view for the most part on Pittsburgh, drafting a quarterback outside the first round. If they're not going to draft one in the first round, I don't know why they draft one. They really have two guys in Rudolph and Trubisky who aren't very good, but you also ha- you also don't need a guy if you're drafting him in round three again. It feels very part dough like it's Mason Rudolph all over again, where you have a first round grade and he falls to round three, but you weren't actually willing to take him that early. So do you really think he's the franchise guy? I'm not feeling that's the type of logic they'll go with. Now wide receiver is a big need, and so this is a this is a really weird board. You know, Kyle Phillips is an interesting player. Wandale Robinson is interesting as well. I think Pittsburgh likes Valus Jones, but this feels early for him. Justin Ross is all the way down here. Medicals aside, I think that they really are captured by him and they really like what he brings to the table. He's a possibility here. Uh, you know, when you look at linebacker, I think this is also a spot where they could go. You know, needy young guys. Leo Chanel's on the board here, and that's very, very enticing to me. I also think corners definitely possibly here. Marcus Jones maybe as a slot option. Also like myself some Cam Taylor Britt, um, but I, I just I can't pass up on Leo Chanel here. Um, so I'm going to take Leo Chanel at 84. I think that's really great value adding to the front seven. You need linebackers outside of just Miles Jack at this point. And again, he's on a glorified one year contract. So I'm going to go with Leo Chanel here. I know Corey's a big fan. That's a good value spot for him, for sure. A uh, question here as we kind of break up the draft. We'll jump to you in a second, Corey. I actually think this is a fair question. I want to throw it to you, Nick. What's the view about the Watson trade for Cleveland? Is it too much? Is it just right or whatever it takes to get a franchise quarterback? I am always interested in what other fan bases think because largely to me it's an NFL thing. It's, it's, a, it's a big NFL thing, but I, want, I think it's an okay question to fire your way and see what you think. Well, I think that whenever you're trying to get a franchise quarterback, you essentially, if that franchise quarterback's on the market and you believe in them and you think that they are going to be your guy, and this goes for the draft and obviously more proven guys like Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, whatever, you trade probably as much as possible because a franchise quarterback is so invaluable. And, and Pittsburgh knows this well enough. The dark years between Bradshaw and Roethlisberger were terrible. So – you bridge what Roethlisberger did for 18 years, and even though those last two or three weren't very good, still having a franchise quarterback puts you on top of the, the North a lot, and it puts you in a different position to where you, when you compete, you're on a different level. And even in this loaded AFC that seems to have franchise quarterbacks at every turn, it at least gives you an outside puncher's chance. So in terms of value to get a franchise quarterback, you pretty much do whatever you can compensation wise because franchise quarterbacks just don't grow on trees there's like 12 of them in the nfl yeah 
Agreed. It looks like a uh, good answer, Nick. It looks like Teron Armstead went to Miami on a five-year deal. Just uh, wow. the biggest free agent news that we've had of the day. Um, otherwise, let's uh, let's keep let's keep moving on here. So, um, Corey, you're up, I believe, right? So yes. You're at pick ninety-nine. So feel free I, I, to I let board. us know. I, I really hate it too. Board. It's <laughs> ugly. Weidermeyer is not going seventy-nine. I can tell you that. Did you see he ran no, a, his above a five-second? Was... Ugh. Uh, just like a guard. Uh, I don't love Rucker. I know oh, there's a lot of Rucker fans out there, but like when I watch this tape, I see a guy who's who's winning in contested catch tight window situations all the time. And I get that he's a tight end and it's not the same as a receiver who wins in contested catch situations all the time. But like my, my question remains is like, how is he, how is he going to expand his game and be able to get open at the NFL level? That's kind of how he's winning at the college level. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I have some questions. Dulcich is, is a little old. I think I'd still consider him here, but there's a tight end. I like a little bit later that everybody knows about at this point. Uh, I really like Cole Strange, uh, but he's going to be 24 here very, very soon. So he's he's, he's outside the, the guardrails. Uh, this is a hideous board. Quay Walker, uh, I don't have a, a year on his date of birth, but his, he's a May birthday. He's a four-year senior, so I'm going to guess he's probably turning 23 in May. Uh, so that's getting kind of close, too. Uh, I would 100% trade back here if I had the, the capabilities. Again, my Jay Sanders, I could double up. Um, I'm going to go linebacker, though. Um, again, we want speed. We want versatility. Uh, Brandon Smith's eyes are rough. I think I've, I've picked him on, on one of these before and his eyes are rough. Like there's no doubt about that. He, uh, really struggles to diagnose and, and to, to close on plays, but you can't teach what he has. Um, and we're at pick 99. So fringe top 100, I think it's a really, you know, a low risk move here. You could say it's a third rounder third rounders miss all the time. Like, so I, I'm going to go ahead and take Brandon Smith. Uh, again, I'd probably package one of these picks up for a veteran defensive tackle uh, at this point where my board's at. But, uh, you know, since we're doing this, I'm going to take the, the super athletic uh, Brandon Smith here, you know, take the chance that him and JOK can become the most athletic and sideline to sideline duo, uh, especially in nickel packages in the NFL. So I dig it. Take that shot. Okay. I am up and I took a trade. I took a trade from 118 back to 146 and then, the Jets also had 163 from Pittsburgh, and they gave that up. So I uh, tried to add a pick. So I went ahead and did that, and I will resume and see what that puts us at with a couple positions of need. Um, okay, so here's where we're at. I really like Zion McCollum. I mean, he tested off the charts as far as athletic fit. He can do some different things in coverage. I think he's a raw zone corner, um, but can – be moldable into the right sub packages when they like to go a bit more man heavy. I just don't think the Chris Paul thing is very realistic right here. So I'm going to kind of ignore that. Um, There's some tight ends that start to float around at this range that I'm interested in. Uh, Let me see here what tight ends are out there. Uh, We have obviously liked Chigo. We like Daniel Bellinger as a guy we've been in on. Jelani Woods, just a little too old for the liking. Well, really too old for the liking. Safety, as we know, is a position of need. Interesting group. Man, I don't really love much of what's left here at safety, if I'm being honest. Okay, so hopefully we sign a safety. Is there any in here you're all you're into, Corey? Because I'm not. Um, I like uh, Weatherford a bit but I think he's going to play linebacker at the next level. Um, there's some yeah. Leon O'Neal fans out there. Uh, I don't think he's tremendous, uh, but that's a lot. I, I would like Veron McKinley. If McKinley was on the board. That's, that's who I, that's who I thought team, I could but... move back and get, but the bastards in Pittsburgh here took him from us. They just got all, they just got their safety and free agency and they didn't know that uh, whatever. But yeah, McKinley was the guy I was kind of eyeing there. But as far as just taking a guy at this point, I'm going to take McCollum. I think he's a nice fit. Uh, continue to add corners, never a problem for me. I'll do 163 real quick since I'm kind of up back to back. I'm going to go ahead and take the tight end I like. Uh, higher on him than some of these boards are. I like Bellinger. I think he fits uh, the mold for what Stefanski wants to do with these guys. So I'm going to take Bellinger because I think if you're using more of the H role, you can still get that from Bryant. You can still get that from Njoku when they want to use it. Um, and I like just like Bellinger's testing, and I like his upside. I just think that San Diego State offense was anemic, and I don't think anybody was going to produce many points. Uh, they just won ugly football games. But, yeah, that's where I'm going so far. So I will jump over to you, Nick. You're up at pick 138. Yeah, so this one's interesting because a lot of the board is running backs, tight ends, and that's like the two positions Steelers do not need. They have 
Pat Frymuth and Najee Harris there. They are the two cornerstones of that offense at the very least. So, you know, could use a backup running back, but not this early. Um, Kyron is Canada is- back, Nick? Huh? Is, he, is Canada back calling plays? Yes. yes Do you think they start to go a little bit more heavy personnel to, to, to use Harris and try to make the game a little easier for these quarterbacks? What do you think the change is coming oh. there? Yeah, they're going to go under center a lot more, I think. Uh, I think they're going to do a lot of play action. Like, just things mm-hmm. you don't think of with the Steelers, right? Like, they've been low in play action usage the entire career of Ben Roethlisberger. They're going to go a little bit heavier. They're probably going to – they started to ramp up the 12 personnel a little bit, but I think they're going to do it even more so this year. They're going to go a little heavier. They're going to try to dictate matches. They're going to try to really open up the middle of the field this year and use bigger guys. So maybe that's where a tight end becomes attractive. But also, I, I think that – when you need a big slot receiver and the Steelers like to work out of 11 personnel, no matter who they are under, that is something that Mike Tomlin loves. Mike Tomlin was a receiver and Mike Tomlin puts that in the offensive game plan. Regardless, they need a receiver here. And and so, you know, Jarvis Landry is a nice bridge if you sign him, but can you get the guy that can maybe work as a big slot, work on the outside a little bit, Deontay Johnson, hopefully you get signed, or can you get a, a Z receiver that can maybe push Claypool into the slot a little bit more? So there's a, a few different options here for the Steelers. And so looking at the receiver board, you have Bo Melton here, Romeo Dobbs, Justin Ross still here. You know, in round four, Justin Ross is not a bad value pick. Uh, honestly, like the tape is solid. I liked what I saw to Justin Ross. I think he's I, he didn't test all that well, unfortunately, but I thought the tape he was a little bit more twitchy than he thought than it showed up on. Uh, on his testing numbers, I like Tyquan Thornton a little bit. Um, you know, looking just down the board, not a ton of guys I like, but Alec Pierce is still here, and, and I thought he was really impressive and mobile. And then I watched his tape, and I thought he was also very solid. Uh, I, I think he could fill, you know, that inside-out type role a little bit, working at the X a little bit. I think he can be a capable big slot receiver. And, you know, Pittsburgh needs that, and they need another guy that could step in there be the fourth guy in the rotation of three, you know, when Chase Claypool's not having a good game and maybe he's getting a little bit in his head, you need a guy that could stick in there. When Deontay Johnson's having drop problems and he's in his head, you need someone in there. And I think Pierce can actually be that guy, a dependable, steady force that could Mm -hmm. really help Pittsburgh. So I'm going to take Alec Pierce here. I like that pick. People have brought him up for Cleveland, and I was talking a little earlier about a Donovan Peoples-Jones repeat in a sense, and it feels a little bit like that. I think he'd be really good for Pittsburgh in terms of body shape, receiver type. I like that pick. Um, what's your, what's your next one? Yeah, it's much later. Um, Steelers do not have a fifth because they traded that for, um, Akello Witherspoon. So, you know, the Steelers have a lot of day, late day, day three picks, um, some trades and all that. Okay. So let's do Corey. You're up. What do you got? What pick number are you at? I'm at one eighteen. Uh, again, I don't love these interior defensive linemen. It's such a need. But again, I would have taken Travis Jones, but I didn't want to be redundant. So uh, for, for, for parity, I took Sky Moore instead. Uh, I'm not taking any of these defensive tackles, though. I'm not doing it. Um, Jake Ferguson, Ferguson's a, he's a nice player. Uh, I'm not over the moon about him. Um, you know, again, I could double up and take another rotational edge. It feels a little bit redundant take another wide receiver but clear Shakir is, is very much in the same build as, as Sky Moore except I, I don't think he's as a dynamic of a player uh, yeah, with the ball in his hand just not um, as refined he's good catch yeah player, just not as refined and that catch point stuff's not gonna fly when you got 29 inch arms at the NFL level you know and I don't think that's gonna translate all too well um I'm gonna go tight end as well and I, I my love for for this guy is not is not hidden um, especially when we're talking about the Browns, uh, I think Harrison Harrison Bryant can fill that tight end two role, uh, and that leaves me wanting a a guy who who has a lot of experience playing H back, who who can play you know in the slot and be a mismatch in the slot, um, who can you know we're not rolling with the fullback anymore, who can kind of do uh, wear a lot of hats and do it all uh, with some explosiveness. Um, I was shocked at how good of a route runner he was. Um, Maryland, when Matt Canada was there, would, would run some jet sweeps with this guy too. So uh, he, he can make some plays with the ball in his hand in the open field. So I just love what he would bring as a tight end three uh, potential, you know, mismatched slot guy. So I'm going to go with Oconquo. It's a good pick. I think he'd fit really well with Watson. Oh, somebody made a comment in the Slack channel that the FBI is investigating a possible extortion on Busby. 
Oh boy. Yeah. Nothing ever stops. Anyway, let's finish our uh, conversation here with the draft. Let's uh yes. let's go back to pick 202 for me, which is hey man, you know where I start to hunt around. If he's here, I don't think he's gonna be here. And I could be talked into a the pick 163 like I traded for, but if the punter, if the punter Matt Areza, Ariza, Areza, I hope I'm saying his name right is here i'm taking him they need a punter they need a punter and as we all saw last year nick boswell got skyrocketed in the sideline having a punter who can also put his foot into a ball and kick it is helpful so i don't think he's going to be a kicker he's not going to be a dual guy he's a punter but just having a guy with experience kicking the ball helps a little too it's like this division we talk about quarterbacks for all these years this division's got some real kickers, man. And, and and like this isn't a kicker necessarily, but the Browns have terrible punting now for multiple years and terrible kicking now for multiple years. I'd like to solve one of them with a young player late in the draft. I'll take Mr. Booming Punterfoot. That's a terrible name. I don't even know why I said that. He's a good punter. I'm taking him. They need that player. You guys took a punter last year, right, Nick? Yeah, Presley Harvin. How's uh, Presley doing? Did he have a good year? I know he had some up and downs, but up and down towards the end of the year though, he finished off his two best games. So going into the next year strong, it seemed, you know, he had a lot of personal stuff come up that I think really rocky the shores a little bit more. So I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be good. I like it. I like it. Good to hear. So let's see your pick two Oh eight. Yeah. Tough one here. Uh, now you're just in the depth spot. I mean, Pittsburgh can use depth at edge. They can use depth at tight end. Like that's that's where all these positions come into play. Running back again. I I keep clamoring for it. They need a backup running back here. Can there be a gem here late that they can find and maybe usurp Benny Snell? And again, they really only have like three running backs on the roster because Kalen Balaj was a, an unrestricted free agent, so they don't really have many running backs. Period on the roster. So there's going to be a chance here for a running back to break through. And I'm I'm looking at some of these guys and, and you know Abram Smith is is kind of fun. I like his physicality. I like what he brings. Ty Chandler could be a speed threat that they don't really have because Anthony McFarlane hasn't proved anything. Kevin Harris had some nice flashes on tape. Uh, so, you know, there there are some guys out here that make sense. The Letty Brown's probably going to be a UDFA guy they could maybe get. Um, tight end as well could be possible here. I You know, you know, you guys drafted Bellinger and Jakes. I like his value here at 208. Uh, there are a few guys, Connor Hayward, who is obviously – there's the connections there with Connor Hayward and uh, mm-hmm. what he brings to the table. And they could use a fullback this year. We'll see if Derek Watt sticks around. Um, and he could be the kind of that H back role they have edge rusher though. They do need someone here. Um, and you know, it's not a great board. Gunter's fine, but they could bring in someone. Barno tested off the charts, obviously. And that, that's nothing that they'll overlook. I think Ali Fayed had some nice games of tape. Um, I'll tell you what cornerback as well. They could use someone at, and there's a few guys I like. I, the Williams is solid. Uh, I've been on Jermaine Waller for a few years. I think he's a decent player uh, that can maybe get in here. I like Zion McCollum and what he brings to the table. But I'm going to go with the guy from Penn State who I, I was impressed with in Mobile a little bit and I think has had, you know, roller coaster tape. But I think there's tools there with three Castro fields that make him a really intriguing player. And this late at 208, I think a guy like Castro fields who can probably be a solid special teamer that can play man, that can showcase a lot of these different traits that the Steelers like in their guys. I think he could fit well. Again, that tape for him is a roller coaster, and he'll give up big plays because he's out of phase and he's out of position. He might not get his head around on the ball, but there's other times where you see the dynamic ability. So here, you know, I'll take an upside option with Tariq Castro Fields here at cornerback. Good pick. There's so many athletic guys hiding at Penn State, man. That's uh, they can figure out quarterback at that university, and I think they got a good freshman coming did. in. Yeah. Um, they they they'll put out some tough teams, man. Um, okay, what picks? You guys have two twenty five left on I'm my side. I have two twenty three. So let's get to your two o two selection, Corey. Sweet. All right. So again, this late, I'm not gonna like the board anyway. But you know, I've got some I've got some things to work with. I like Gunter a little bit. Um, I might limit those, you know, the age guard rail at this point for a guy like Jalen Naylor to double up on, on somebody. Um, I think I'm going to go the same route that you kind of did though, Jake, and, and look at corners again. You can never have too many. I mean, mm-hmm. 
Zion McCollum still on the board, but again, for parity, I'm not going to take that. Again, Tariq Castro's there, but again, for parity, I'm not going to do that. Um, I'm going to go with the guy who, who tested really athletic as well. CB1 for Alabama. Uh, a lot of people think he's going to be a day two pick. Uh, I, I think his tape is a little, a little rough. Um, but again, if we're talking about cornerback depth, depth, there's there's worse ways to go than, than Jalen Armour Davis. Um, so I think that's the route I'm going to go here at 202. Okay, I like it. Wrapping up my side, I was kind of looking at an interior player like Kramer's been an interesting name to me that's come up. He's a little old. Um, trying to see what other, you know, Jacoby Durant's fun. What's your thought on Lucas Kroll, kid from Pittsburgh? You like him? He's interesting. He's pretty athletic. Uh, I think he's a good seam buster. Uh, you're not going to get much blocking value from him, but if you're a team late that needs some athletic upside, he's very – I know he's older in terms of prospects, up, but he hasn't played a lot because he was sitting behind Kyle Pitts at Florida, and then he got hurt his first year at Pitt. So he doesn't have a lot of miles on him either. He's pretty low mileage. So interesting prospect I think actually has some real upside. A rare guy that's like 23 that actually has plenty of upside at the tight end spot. I don't know why he's not getting talked about being drafted in this round seven range a little bit more, especially after he ran a 4-5-4 yesterday at Pitt's Pro Day. So I like the athletic upside. Good stuff. I'm going to take Stuber, the kid from Michigan. I think that there's uh, they're going to try to develop a lineman late, kind of trying to fit the age guardrail. Uh, going to try to take a tackle that they can develop late in this draft who could potentially move inside too. So um yeah i'm gonna take a stab at alignment late there nothing to make a big big run about uh let's finish with your 225 nick and then we'll come to you Corey, and wrap it up yeah so running back again I, i've said this before i think steelers need a running back here that they can pick so i'm gonna i'm gonna take a running back here because i, th- I think they need someone that can at least bring here and, and they like guys that can pass protect and that's going to be something that they are going to look for and, and you know even in round seven now you know there are going to be players that bring some value. Ty Chandler is very interesting in terms of what he can bring to the table. Um, but but I do like what Abram Smith brings. He's athletic. Um, he's very, very physical, solid in pass protection. Not a great receiver, but a guy that can get you good mileage, that can give Najee Harris a little break. He's got solid vision. I like how he reads leverage. I think he's a solid running back. So if you're looking for a guy that can maybe come in and usurp Benny Snell Bring what you need, and I think Abram Smith here can give Najee Harris a little bit of time off off the bench because obviously that's going to be something that Pittsburgh's going to look for with Najee Harris really putting too much mileage on him in his rookie year. I like that. I like it. So another pick here that I, I do have. Yeah, we're going to finish out. Steelers have two seventh-round picks, and, you know, quarterback here, whatever you could look at. Um they really wanted to take a fourth guy and bring to camp. I think doubling up on receiver here is very interesting as well. Uh, I'd like a guy maybe like Trey Turner here. Um, that could work, Ontario Drummond. Now, there are a few guys here that make sense maybe, um, but I think they might go more so in the route of UDFA here to try and fill it. Got a few guys locally that they might like, and like Tacey or Mac. Um, so there's guys there that they could fit. Edge is interesting, and and yeah, you know what? It's the seventh round. Amari Barno's here. Guy tested like a freak. Obviously, the tape's pretty rough, but when you have athletic tools like that, you can't teach it. It's the seventh round, so it's a high upside pick. So I'm going to take Amari Barno here. Maybe Pittsburgh could find some gold here at the pass rusher spot. This question was asked to you about the young – are they talking about McDonald? Or sorry, McFarland? I think, yeah, maybe? yeah, yeah. Um, okay. That is Anthony McFarland, and, and McFarland has been – Ran all over Iowa State. Yeah. And he's been rough. So, you know, the thing with McFarland has always been vision hasn't been good. The game's just been too fast for him. Hasn't really grown into his own at all. He's been hurt too. So a lot of things going against him. Obviously could be a guy that steps up, but you need someone in that running back room, I think, that can maybe give you a short snap. So I think Abram Smith brings that. All right, Corey, let's go to you. Score yes. if you can on your other side there, so we're up by your pick. On the uh, left side. There we uh, go. Oh, got it. Got it. Got it. I'm way down there. Okay. Oh, wrong way. Cool. All right. Um, again, I probably would have taken like a Verone McKinley here. Caleb Ellaby off the board. I might have taken him as a long-term like backup situation. Uh, I like Jatire Carter. I thought he played really well at the Senior Bowl. Uh, he's an FB or an HBCU um, guy. <sighs> again, I don't – I we're just – 
shooting stuff now here late. Um, again, I, I like the the developmental offensive line um, route, uh, and I like a good bit this the, the UNC guy. He played tackle. He played guard. Um, he could be a good long term swing guy if you know. Hubbard's back this year. He's not going to be back long term. Um, you know, even if, if if James Hudson doesn't quite pan out, uh, developing a guy like Joshua Azudu, um, I think is is a good call here this late. I like it. I like it. I'm going to go make the last one on ours, which is 246. So this is the Case Keenum selection. We talked about how I took Bellinger. That's our third tight end. The Browns have traditionally had a fourth tight end on the roster and a fullback. They don't have Janovich. Maybe they keep Andy Stanton or uh, uh, um, Johnny Stanton. I don't know, but in my opinion, why not double up? Take Connor Hayward if he's sitting here. That guy can be your hybrid player. He can do a little bit of your H back stuff. And I like to fit at this spot late in the draft for a position that's going to be heavy special teams too. And he's going to be a player in special teams, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, we'll go to you, Nick. Do you have any picks left? Or are you done? Let's look at your I know, draft. We are done. Okay, go to your uh, – hold on, let's go Corey real quick. Let him make his final pick. Yeah, I'm at 231 um, here. I haven't taken an interior defensive lineman yet, uh, and I'm willing to take a chance on Christopher Hinton. He didn't test very well. Uh, he's one of the few guys uh, this late that fall under the age guardrail. Um, I liked Eric Johnson at the Senior Bowl quite a bit, uh, but, you know, we'll, just, we'll take Hinton here. Um, hope we can develop that into something. All right. Okay, so let's do – do you have one more? Is that why is it two thirty one there? I don't know. That's odd. That's interesting. All right, so I took Travis Jones, John Mechie, Majay Sanders, Majai. I could be messing up your name, young man. I'm sorry. I still respect you. I still drafted you, Zion McCollum. I took a trade back from one eighteen to one forty six and one sixty three. Took McCollum. PFF absolutely hates my Bellinger selection. Whatever. They hate my punter selection. Whatever. I took a developmental tackle and Stuber still fits the age guardrails. And then I explained my pick of Connor Hayward at the very end. And they gave me a B grade for mine. And then let's go over to Knicks for Pittsburgh. Take Zion Johnson with the first, uh, first round selection pick 20 to bolster that interior O-line Travis Jones, still available pick 52 for his draft. Great player at that spot. 84 Leo Chanel, another great player. I think, a guy that uh, Pittsburgh would love at linebacker, Alec Pierce, uh, wide receiver out of Cincinnati. We all know Long Lanky tested off the charts. A uh, good X receiver at that role there. Tariq Castro Fields, a nice athletic corner at pick 208. And then pick 225, they decided to go Abram Smith to bolster the running back situation and ease up Najee Harrison. And Corey is last. Corey took Sky Moore, Drake Jackson, pick 78. He went linebacker to get more speed athleticism out there. And, you know, Jacob Phillips not been the beacon of health. So he goes with that direction. Uh, he goes with uh, Chigo Okoro, which is the uh, tight end for Maryland. And then he goes uh, Jalen Armour Davis, the corner at pick 202. Scroll down a little for me if you can, Corey. It's a little hard to read Joshua's last name. How do you pronounce his last name? I think it's pronounced Azudu. Uh, Azudu, okay. So Joshua Azudu, they had taken him from North Carolina, an interior lineman to bolster that. And then Christopher Hinton, the interior D lineman from Michigan. So that's it, guys. We're at 8.02. We went two minutes over. I appreciate Nick joining us and Corey joining us. Nick filling us in on everything Pittsburgh ahead of the draft. Now you have a better feel for where their picks are and who they might be looking to pick at certain points. And a reminder, Nick said, all the way potentially up to seven, he could see Pittsburgh moving from pick 20 to go get Malik uh, if he's sitting there, Malik Willis ready to be taken uh, in front of Atlanta. So that is the range he said they can move up to get their quarterback. Nick, thanks so much, man. Remind everybody where they can find your Twitter feed and follow along and keep up with things. Yeah, well, feel free to read my stuff at Farabaugh, F-B-F-A-R-A-B-A-U-G-H-F-B on Twitter. Cover all the Steelers stuff there. Pitt, of course, as well. If you are looking for Pitt stuff, Pitt's going to have few NFL prospects next year, more than they had this year. So, Keep up with that, and that's where you can find my stuff. Read all the stuff on Pittsburgh Sorts now as well. Thank you, Nick. Appreciate you being here, Corey. You see Corey's Twitter handle right there, Real Corey Ken, and he has more coming this week, specifically on Travis Jones and Logan Hall and that dynamic at pick 44. It all depends on what the Browns do in free agency. I think a lot of it does. But those guys are serious picks at that spot, so keep your eye out for something coming on that later. Thank you guys for joining the Twitch show. We had a ton of people subscribe tonight. Thank you so much for that. We appreciate your support so much. Fun stuff coming on the website this week, so make sure you're joining the website. Take advantage of that $9.99 Paramount Plus offer we got, man. No ads on that thing, and it covers all 
247 Sports Databases College, the Orange and Brown Report, plenty more. We appreciate everything you guys do following along, uh, taking your time to watch this show. Lastly, appreciate you. Thank you. Have a good night. And we sign off with Bill Browns.